Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. This podcast is about a community of women who are taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. We're using our gifts to impact the world for Christ, and I hope it inspires other women to use their gifts to impact the world. In this episode, Navigating Transitions Triumphantly, I'm talking with my friend Paige Geske, author of Milepost 95, From Wreckage to Redemption. Through disappointments, a life-altering accident, emotional abandonment, major illness and loss, Paige persevered. Learn how she was able to get through these unwanted transitions in her life and how she is now bringing hope and inspiration to others through her story. I know it will inspire you. So listen in while I have a chat with Paige Geske. Welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. And today I'm excited to have my friend with me, Paige Geske. She is a mom, an author, and a speaker. And she is a prayer warrior and loves to encourage people. And she's an outdoorsy girl too. She likes to kayak. She is the author of Milepost 95, From Wreckage to Redemption. She has quite a story to share. And I know it's going to encourage you today. Welcome to the podcast, Paige. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be on here, Doris. Uh, I just love how you are an encourager and you're sharing this story. I got your book and I've been reading it. And there is a lot that you have been through, but God is using you to share all about that to encourage other people. So we'd love for you to share about your story and how God is using you and how you are taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Okay. Well, my life had been really comprised of a lot of various transitions, a life-threatening car accident that involved 25 days in a trauma center, three months in a medical bed, and then having to learn to walk again. And at the same time, I had a very absent, unattentive, narcissistic husband that was not engaged emotionally or then really present physically. So it was a really difficult time. And all of that led to some major abandonment divorce. And I found myself a single parent of three kids, six, 11, and almost 16. And at that same time, I lost a job that I was, had loved and was very passionate about in a hospital and lost that job and had been there for about nine and a half years. I ended up having to sell my house that I'd predominantly raised my kids in. And then in December of 2016, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. So really, when I think about, you know, your question of passion, compassion, and conviction, I thought, well, you know, what was really the passion? What was, what kept me going? And it was truly Jesus. I mean, I, I, that was my passion. It was about the only thing that I didn't lose during all the different transitions And just realizing that he truly was my hope and that during those trials, I'm so grateful that I never lost hope. Mm -hmm. I never felt like I got angry at the Lord at all, that I just tried to embrace it, that they were trials. I wasn't really sure why they were there, but through it all, obviously, as I can look back on it, it made me a stronger person and enabled me to really navigate transitions and to learn what that was like. Mm -hmm. And through it, it made me have more compassion, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, for people that had been in an accident 
or had medical issues, people that had lost certain things like a marriage or a dream. I especially got a real empathy for people in, in wheelchairs that, and just how difficult it is to maneuver and get around. And you have to think about sidewalks, how to get to the grocery store and not take down the bread aisle, which I almost mm-hmm. did one time in a wheelchair. And so I felt like my passion, my passion for Jesus collided with my compassion for others. And so through that, it just made me want to help others, to help others not lose their hope or not lose their faith. And that's when the conviction came into play. And I really believed that I was supposed to write a book. And that's how my book was birthed. Mm. Yeah. So the book came out in 2018, right? Correct. It's about to be two. Yeah. It's a two-year-old book. We were talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) And not the terrible twos. You said the triumphant twos. Triumphant twos. So, and I love, as you had said, that Jesus called you into the light in your time of darkness. Hmm. So what were some other things when you were going through that time that really encouraged you along the way? Did, did God put people in your path or how did, how did that happen? Yeah, you know, he, um, I had a great sense of community and that comes out in the book. I mean, through my church and through just incredible networking of friends. My mom was my caregiver. But I think, you know, the Lord speaks to people in different ways. And he, he really speaks to me through circumstances and stories. And so I I think of one incident where I still couldn't walk and I was at home and my son was at church camp several hours away up in the mountains of Idaho. And I remember one day just, you know, crying out to the Lord thinking, you know, I don't know how my son's going to get home. I was just literally praying for God to bring someone that would be able to drive him home because I didn't want my mom to have to drive three hours into the mountains of Idaho to get my son. And through some people in a Christian school that my youngest was going to, this gal reached out to me and she said, well, my daughter is also at camp this week. And she said, we'd be happy to bring David back. And I was like, this is amazing. Like God has answered this prayer. And then she stopped talking for a minute and she said, oh, I guess I need to ask you, um, would you mind if he rode in a helicopter? Because we might take the Suburban, we might take the helicopter. And it was such an example to me of how we often pray, what do I want to say, like the bare minimum, we just, you know, okay, Lord, I'm praying for a ride for my son. Mm-hmm. And then he shows up with a helicopter. Wow. Because yeah. that's who he, that's who he is. Yeah. And that was a testimony to me of like, Paige, I've got this, you know, you Mm -hmm. just wanted a ride home, but instead I'm going to give your son a memory that he will never, ever forget. And that boy came home that week in a helicopter. (laughs) How exciting is that? And that is so true. And I know you have um, shared in the book how Holly Girth really inspired you, you know, and she had written Mm God-sized dreams and, and yeah, we need to have God-sized prayers. And pray pray big, right? Because he will do exceedingly abundantly above what we could even think. So that that's amazing. It's like, yes, Paige, I'm not only gonna get him a ride home, I'm gonna (laughs) he's gonna ride home in style (laughs) in a helicopter. Well, and I think, you know, another thing I thought of right after the book came out, I had an experience in TJ Maxx and I saw this gal in a wheelchair and I mean, I can't even explain how the Holy Spirit spoke to me, but he said, you need to go speak to her. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, okay, I'm going to look like a real idiot, but I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to go over. And so I started talking to her and I remembered there was just like this download in my spirit. And, and I remembered I had written in my book about there was a girl in a wheelchair that was in physical therapy with me. And I never got to meet her, but I knew that she was quite a bit younger than I was. And we went through physical therapy at the same time. And I knew she had been in a car accident. So when I went up to this gal, her name's Mackenzie, I said, I know this is kind of strange. My name's Paige and you don't know me, but I just need to know, were you in a car accident like around 2006, 2007? And did you go to CPR for physical therapy? And she said, I did. And I said, did your mom bring you to therapy? And she said, yeah, she did. And I said, we were in therapy together and I didn't know about you, but I wrote about you in my book. Wow. And since then we have become great friends and she's actually like a daughter to me. Mm. And that was an example to me of when the Lord speaks to you through literally audibly, you know, mm -hmm. he, he can speak to us that way, yeah. but we have to be able to listen. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you said download in my spirit. That mm -hmm. is awesome because <laughs> it's so true. And you know, who but God would have put her right there on that day when you were in what you said, TJ Maxx or something. Yeah, TJ Maxx. Yeah. And for her to hear that she is in your book, what a blessing mm -hmm. that you were able to share that with her because your heart is also to connect people, right? Mm-hmm. So you love doing that. So what are some ways that you enjoy doing that? Or how does the, how has the Lord led you in that? You know, I've really seen it since I've been uh, an author and a speaker. I have friends or people that I know of that, you know, they thought about writing a book or they thought about becoming a speaker, but mm. maybe they don't believe it about themselves. Mm. And I feel like the Lord has allowed me to encourage them. You know mm. what? I think you should write a book or, you know what, I think you should speak. And this, you know, these are the reasons why. And then through that, God has given me some incredible relationships through some of the groups that I'm a part of, uh, Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, ASA, where it's just an incredible group of women that I call up a friend that had a podcast and say, hey, I think you need to have this person on, or this person needs to speak at your church or whatever. And, and then you just kind of step back and, and God's allowed you to connect those people, but then you get to see him at work. That is what is so phenomenal to me that you get to see him bless the kingdom when your friends connect, or you see your friend on that podcast, or you see that friend in that magazine article that it's just, it's a kingdom win. That mm. is what it is. That's a perfect way to describe it, a kingdom win. And it's just amazing how God will do that and put people together and use people to put people together. Because mm -hmm. too, you feel like, okay, then you think about the impact of not only are these people connecting, but think of all the people that they're reaching mm -hmm. because of this connection. He just expands the borders of our reach because mm -hmm. of the connections that we make. So that's exciting. It was a blessing to meet you because nothing is by accident. No. And you were such a blessing because I feel like the Lord has asked me to step out in obedience mm -hmm. and to do more speaking. 
-hmm. and to be on more podcasts. And so you were my first like, okay, I'm going to jump off this cliff Lord. (laughs) (laughs) And there was this net and it was Doris. It was beautiful. (laughs) Well, that blesses me. And it's all God. He arranged the whole entire thing. And I just know that your story is going to bless people because you're such an inspiration. Some people have, you know, this happened in their life and then this happened, but you had so many things happen, like from the accident to the colon cancer. How long was that about? So the accident was 2007 and colon cancer was 2016. Okay. When you were in that accident, I, you know, I read about it in the book and anybody listening, you need to get this book because you describe what is actually happening when the accident is happening and you are talking to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're thinking you're about to see him face to face for face one to thing. Face. Correct. But one of your first concerns afterward is, is my daughter okay? Because she mm-hmm. was driving, right? Correct. And then that just starts the whole thing. So what did your life look like before the accident? How would you describe that? Well, I had accepted Christ in college as uh, through InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. So I'd been believer since I was about 18. I think some of the biggest things he taught me through my accident were things like, well, obviously depending on him. Mm. You know, to even learn to walk again, to be able to do things that you were able to do before, but you couldn't. Mm -hmm. And to ask people for help because I'm really stubborn and I'm very Mm -hmm. independent and I don't like to ask anybody for anything. So he taught me a lot about how he wants to walk beside us and with us and help us through difficult things. But he also gives us community and fellowship so that we're not alone Mm -hmm. and that we all have certain gifts and abilities that we can use to help each other. And, um, I think it just really, really enhanced my understanding of community. And then also now as I see other people when they're going through difficult circumstances and I see that they're struggling with asking for help or they really need a meal or they need a ride. It's like through that, God's really giving me an ability to extend grace and to say to them, you know what, you need to let me bring you a meal. Mm, or you need to let me pick you up and take you to your colonoscopy or, or whatever it is. It's just that sensitivity that I think can only come through your own personal experience of just seeing how the Lord has walked with you Mm. and how he's allowed others to come alongside you. Yeah. In a way, it's like he has divinely opened your eyes to things that you wouldn't maybe have noticed before. Absolutely. To see the needs even before people realize they need them probably. And yeah, it's almost like a, um, kind of like your senses on steroids. Okay. You know, so (laughs) like, I was in third grade when I got glasses and I couldn't see, Mm. you know, but then I got glasses and was, whoa, like there's real definition in the trees and the flowers and Mm -hmm. there's lines and there's shapes. And, you know, I think the Lord really wants to do that with their spirit and our our senses. But again, we have to be open to that. Yeah, that's a great analogy because we don't know what we're missing until our eyes are really open to it. Mm -hmm. Because I had a similar experience. I thought my vision was fine. And then... And I just wanted to try on a pair of my friend's glasses. We were at work and I just wanted to see, you know, what I looked like in them. And then when I put them on, exactly what you said, I was like, I can see the leaves. 
the tree over there across the street. So it was just like an eye-opening experience. And Mm -hmm. spiritually, we have those experiences as well. And how God has used your experiences to make you even more sensitive to the things of God. Mm. And like you said, you know, your willingness to just give grace and mercy to people and just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to just help you because it is Mm -hmm. hard sometimes for people to ask for help. Yeah. And we're not meant to be alone and we're not meant to do things alone. Yeah. You know, there were two people in the Garden of Eden Mm -hmm. and he sends his disciples out two by two. And so it just, community is so important. Yeah. I love too how your heart is to encourage because the whole thing about the fierce calling is encouraging the audiences, primarily women, to be able to look to the Lord and lean on Him for everything because our security is in Him so that we are able to, with His help and only with His help, rise above circumstances to be able to do what He's calling us to do and to walk in the calling He has for us, which is different in different seasons. Right. You know? Yeah. So I love that message of hope and keep going and not give up because God is going to continually equip you and he will use all of this. Nothing's ever wasted. None of our experiences. Mm -mm. That's pretty profound. So how have you been since your diagnosis? Did you have to go through different treatments and with the colon cancer? Yeah. Um, And this is March. It's national colon cancer awareness. Okay. In fact, I just taped a TV interview yesterday for our television station here because I was diagnosed at 51. It was Mm -hmm. my very first colonoscopy. Wow. And, you know, you put those things off and you don't want to do them. And then my very first one at normally they tell you 50. I actually did mine at 51 because it was Mm -hmm. too traumatic to turn 50. (laughs) So I put it off until 51. And then I went in and had stage two colon cancer Mm. and had to immediately have surgery within a few days later. And I was very, very fortunate in that it had not traveled outside of the colon wall. Mm -hmm. And so I never had to have radiation or chemotherapy. It was just a matter of surgically removing the cancer and part of my intestine and part of my colon. That was December 2016. So Mm -hmm. we're coming up on, it'll be four years this December and I have not had any kind of reoccurrence. I've had to do all of my due diligent cancer things and have an oncologist, but Mm -hmm. I've been very, very grateful that, you know, mine was caught my very first colonoscopy. Mm. Praise the Lord. Yes. And so I'm a huge advocate. I mean, if I could go work for colon cancer society, I would, you know, we have these tests that we can do that can prevent like mammographies and colonoscopies and Mm And God's put them there for a reason to protect us. And so I remember when I got diagnosed, the first thing I, my book wasn't published then, Mm -hmm. obviously it was 2016. And that was the first thing I got mad about. I was so Mm -hmm. mad at myself for not getting my book published. And I didn't know at that time what the outcome was going to be, if I was going to die or what, but I just was like, I'm not afraid to die, but I'm so mad I didn't get this book written. (laughs) (laughs) It really made you feel urgent about getting that going. It did. And so I got through my colon stuff. So that was December of 2016. Mm -hmm. In 17, I went to a writing conference called Release the Writer by Wendy Walters. Mm -hmm. And that just launched, Mm -hmm. ignited that in October. And by November, I had a contract with Redemption Press. Wow. 
literally released you. Yeah. I mean, it was like, boom, sister, get this done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No messing around now. Yeah. You waited long enough, girl. (laughs) That's great. I love that. I love that story. And yeah. And again, praise the Lord that you are doing well health wise. And Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that because of the importance it is for us to do the screening. Because mm-hmm. as much as we, oh, I don't want to drink that stuff. And, you know, I don't know why they can't make that part easier, really. Right. It's, it's kind of gross, but it's so important to be able to go in for the screening and to get checked. So thank you Absolutely. for that reminder. So what is on your horizon now? Do you have any other books on your heart or you're focusing a lot on speaking? You know, I feel like I was thinking about that verse that the Lord's used a lot in my life, Isaiah 43, 19, mm-hmm. um, for I'm about to do something new. Yeah. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Mm. And I have really been since January, very intentional about fasting, praying and listening, because I feel like I'm at a place where God's getting ready to do something. Mm -hmm. And I certainly don't want to miss it. Yes. And I don't want either my sin or my lack of hearing or my lack of vision to get in the way of what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Uh, I know that I am trying to intentionally take some steps to learn more about speaking and the art of speaking mm-hmm. and just any opportunity where you can share your story and bring him glory. That's where I want to be. Amen. That's such great wisdom there because we don't want to miss what God has for us. And so being in tune and being obedient and being willing, because oftentimes he just wants to see our heart as being willing, even before we know what it is that he's going to ask Mm -hmm. us to do, that we would say, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to tell, I'm willing to do what you want me to do before we find out what that is. Right, so, exactly. Yeah, which is pretty exciting, um, really, as we go along this journey of faith, this adventure with God. And you're a pretty adventurous girl. You like to <laughs> kayak and you're really outdoorsy. So how often do you get to do that? Well, I live in a great state because we have mountains and hills. And so I snowshoe, I bike, I hike, I kayak, and the Snake River runs right through my city. So, um, it's not warm enough yet for us to kayak, Mm -hmm. but it's almost warm enough that we can start biking outside. Fun. That's awesome. Well, this has been such a pleasure and I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share some encouragement. If you were to tell the listener one thing right now to encourage them, what would you want to share? I think it would be to realize kind of my tagline is that there's help for the transition and there's hope for the journey. Mm. And God is there to help you through whatever transition or thing that you're going through. He's also gone ahead of you in your journey. He goes behind you and he goes with you. Mm. I love to pray that for people, you know, that just God would go in front of them, behind them and with them and whatever they find themselves. And I really like to encourage speakers and authors. And if you feel like 
you have a story to tell and that would bring glory to the Lord and that it would encourage people in his kingdom, then step out there, may, you know, start the steps of maybe writing your book or becoming a speaker or whatever it is, because like you were saying, it's obedience first. Yes. And yeah. um, so I just would like to encourage whoever's out there to walk on, walk in it. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much because the purpose really of the podcast here, Fierce Calling, is to encourage women to take action, mm. you know, to step out. And sometimes that can feel intimidating, but we don't really need to be intimidated. We just need to take that one step first. Right. And then the next step, like a first step and the next step. And then God will just direct your steps as the word says, Absolutely. you know, we just make our plans, but he's, he directs our steps and we just surrender it all to him and he will lead the way, light the way. Like you say, he brought you into the light from the darkness, but he was with you in the darkness. Mm -hmm. which is what I get, you know, when you share your testimony about all the things that have happened, how God is always there. Like you said, he's there with you no matter what, the good times and the difficult times. And really it's through those difficult times where we learn and grow most mm -hmm. and, and lean on him. Absolutely. And we take a lot of things for granted, like, you know, having to relearn to walk and those kind of things. We just take things for granted sometimes. And I'm just blessed to hear all the things that you are doing and looking forward to seeing more things on your horizon that Thank you're you. doing. And so how can the person listening connect with you, Paige? I have an email address, which is Paige, P-A-G-E-S-G-E-S-K-E G -E -S -K -E, at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to me. I love to pray for people. So mm. if you have a concern, please reach out to me. I'd be happy to pray with you. My website is pagesgeski.com. I'm on Instagram at Geski page, and I'm also, I have a personal page, Paige Geski, and then I have a Paige Geski author page on Facebook. And I will put all of the links to those places to find you in the show notes. Oh, awesome. So that people can connect with you. Yeah. And I will put the link to your book also. Okay. Now they could probably pick it up in different places, but I can put like a link to Amazon or something. Yeah, they can, they can do it on Amazon. It can be ordered through Barnes and Noble. I mm. sell it on my website, whatever, whatever's easiest for whoever okay. it is on. Ken, it is on Kindle. I don't have it on audible yet. I need to get that done. I just haven't made the time to get that done. Okay. Well, that's another action you'll be taking. <laughs> I guess so. An audible action. Now you're countable. You said it now. Oh. So oh, gosh. We're going to look out for that. <laughs> it's a blessing to talk to you. Thank you, Dor. I just feel like I have a new friend. You need to come visit me and I'll throw you in a kayak in Idaho. Okay. <laughs> that sounds exciting. <laughs> Show you how to get in and we'll fiercely paddle down the Snake River. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> so yeah, this has been such a fun time and what a blessing that you are. So thank you so much, friend. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I'm sure you were inspired by Paige's message of hope and redemption. As Paige says in her book, God can use your most broken moments to give inspiration and hope to those around you. And Christ can take the wreckage of our lives and redeem and transform it into a beautiful tapestry. To connect with Paige, go to pagesgeski.com and I'll put that link in the show notes for you. You can also pick up her book, Milepost 95, From Wreckage to Redemption. It'll be on our website, and I'll also post a link. 
I'd love to connect with you also, so subscribe to this podcast. Then take a short trip over to my blog, DaraSwift.com, where you'll find encouraging posts. And if you subscribe, they'll arrive straight to your inbox. If you're fighting fear right now, download my free resource of Fear Fighting Scripture Verses, which I'll also have for you in those show notes. I'd like to leave you with the scripture page shared. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Isaiah 43:19. Join me next week when I talk with another woman who is taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, take care of yourself, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.